Hello and welcome to Accountability Talks with AGA. I'm your host, Paul Marshall. All right, so today we have uh, a return guest and we're going to be talking about some new uh, proposals from FaceSav. So I wanted to welcome Robin back. Robin, how are you doing today? Good morning, Paul. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about, in particular, the MD&A exposure draft we have out there. And I want to remind all of your listeners about our FaceApp disclaimer, that views expressed are those of the speaker, which is me, and that FaceApp board expresses its views only in official publications. So thank you very much for having me back again. Absolutely. All right, so today's topic, we wanted to talk about, as you said, uh, there's a proposal for rescinding and replacing SFAS 15, which is the MDNA Management's Discussion and Analysis section of the financial reports that we all have to uh, create. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, we just wanted to get a little bit more information from you on that. You know, maybe just starting off with, um, you know, where is this right now? I guess it's in an exposure draft, and there's comments you all are looking for. Can you just explain that process a little bit for us? Sure. So on September 7th of this year, we issued the MDNA exposure draft with a request for comments by December 7th, 2023. It's a 90-day exposure. And at this time, we're piloting an online questionnaire to receive comments. Normally, respondents have sent in Word documents or PDFs, and we have processed our comments that way. But we've decided to try to use an online questionnaire. So respondents will click on the link in the news release that we were sent out from our new listserv or in the document for comment page on the FaceApp.gov website. The questions are available in the exposure draft on pages 7 to 8. And the exposure draft is also available on the document for comment page in the FaceApp.gov webpage. Now, we were requesting that respondents prepare their answers in, uh, earlier in a separate document, such as a Word document, and then copy and paste that information into the online questionnaire. At the end of the questionnaire, there is an additional question about your experience using this process, and so we appreciate getting any feedback as to whether you liked it or didn't like it, and you know whether that's going to work for us or we need to return to the legacy processing. So that's where we are with the exposure draft. And uh, yeah, we'll put a link on on our AGA website to that to that, so folks can find it too. Um, well, good. So and yeah, that's that's it's always good to have a little bit more uh, technology helping you out with these things. So that's that's great. You guys are piloting that. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So I want to get into you know obviously whenever you all do any rescissions or replacements or updates to these to these uh, standards here. You know, so specifically for the MDNA, I, I was curious, what are some of the, um, you know, major differences that may be coming from the current guidance? You know, what, what's in this, uh, in this document? So ultimately, and the way the chairman puts it, is this proposal would provide more flexibility for reporting MDNA, um, reduce preparer burden and redundancy and enhance transparency. So the updated standards um, will provide a comprehensive set of standards to guide management and how to present an MDNA that is balanced, integrated, concise, and understandable about the reporting entity's organization and mission, financial position and condition, their operating performance, opportunities and risks, and systems, internal controls, and compliance with applicable laws and regulations. 
So that is what we are, our goal is for this um, proposal and the updates. Right. No, it sounds like, uh, well, obviously a standard, but just making things even more, you know, kind of straightforward. What, what, what's the best standard to have in place for when you write these things up? And, and I guess that kind of leads to my next question. You know, you know, the community must be seeing things out there that, you know, bump towards wanting to, uh, to make a change here. You know, maybe things are not clear or maybe agencies are doing things differently from each other. So, you know, I was just curious what were some of the reasons that the board uh, was proposing this change? And that's a really good question, and I'm going to go into the history a little bit, and this information is also in the basis for conclusions, which is at the back of the proposal. We always have basis for conclusions as to how the board reached their conclusions, so let me give you a little bit of history as to how this proposal came about. So way back in June of 1999, FASAB published what was called a Statement of Federal Financial Accounting Concept. Those are our SFACs three, which was called Management's Discussion and Analysis. And although this was a concept statement, which is non-authoritative, it's not authoritative under GAAP, it included a lot of standard-like content to guide reporting entities on what to report in MDA, along with concepts to guide the board on developing standards for MDNA. Now, concepts are really there for the board to develop standards. So we had a lot of information in there that really shouldn't have been in there. So because they're not authoritative, um, it wasn't required by GAAP to require the MDNA in the general purpose federal financial report. And that was the goal was to get an MDNA into our reports. So the board needed to craft authoritative guidance and barely two months later they published SFAS 15, also called management's discussion and analysis. Now this was merely an outline of SFAC three standards, like content. And its main goal was to require that MDNA in the, um, the general purpose federal financial report. Now, the expectation was that preparers would use both SFAC three and SFAC 15 to prepare the reporting entities MDNA. However, we found that agencies primarily reply, reply, relied, sorry, <laughs> on the standards in SFAC 15 to prepare MDNAs. Um, which are very rule-based, right, and and require sections. So one of them is they have it requires you. It should have, and there's four sections listed, and that has caused a little bit of the issues that we found when we did some roundtables and some online surveys in 2017 and 18. So staff conducted online survey and in-person roundtables for two different projects, risk reporting and the reporting model, which covered the MDNA and stewardship investments, and these were improvement projects. Now, the roundtable feedback informed the board that financial statement users found the MDNA to be dense, duplicative, and complex, and that the MDNA included dense statistical information repeated from the Government Performance and Results Modernization Act. GIPRA, MA. Never sure, Paul, how to say that. GIPRAMA. GRAMA. Reporting. And this did not provide the financial information about performance that users wanted. And roundtable participants wanted to understand the financial performance in the context of the reporting entity's financial position and condition. So this project was added as a result to the technical agenda to address those concerns. 
Now, the board proposes these standards to provide a principle-based approach that would merge and update relevant content from SFAC 3 and SFAC 15 and is consistent, again, with ASAP's reporting objectives for budgetary integrity, operating performance, stewardship, and systems and control. Now, as a complement to this, FASAB has also issued an exposure draft um, entitled Omnibus Concepts Amendments. Now, they were already working on an omnibus concept for notes disclosure, so they decided that because they wanted to rescind also SFAC 3 and merge anything that was remaining with what was in SFAC 2, there was some uh, um, management discussion was in SFAC 2 and it was also in SFAC 3. So on, October, on August 25th, 2023, we also issued omnibus concept amendments, and we're requesting comments by November 27th of this year. So as I said, this proposal would consolidate guidance for the board on developing management and discussion analysis into SBAC 2 entity and display, that's the title of SBAC 2, and rescind SBAC 3 management discussion and analysis. <clears throat> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of moving parts there. <laughs> yes. Both my projects, a lot of moving parts. So that is where we are in upgrading and putting out new, you know, new standards for MDNA. Yeah, and I, I mean, I totally agree with that. Just so I, you know, I used to help agencies prepare state, uh, you know, pre prepare the AF, AFRs and all that, and I totally agree. There, I felt like there was a lot of duplication. Like, aren't we saying this ten times in ten different places? And you know, I, I, I agree that you know, it'd be nice to have more financial analysis. So, I mean, you know, at least from my perspective, I agree with what's going on here. Yeah, we think that the sections caused that because agencies felt like they had a make sure that the information was in all these places so they would copy and paste and <clears throat> add that information in there. And I did also want to mention that we did a pilot in the beginning of the project with some standards that we had developed in relation to those reporting objectives. We had 16 agencies, three of which were very small agencies because there was concern that, oh, you know, should they have the same requirements that the, that the CFO Act agencies, and we found that they could really scale their MDNA up or down, and, and a lot of them were able to get, like, reduce their MDNA by, like, 50%. Wow. And <clears throat> so it was, oh, excuse me, it was a very big, it was, a, it was really helpful. And then we had 17 users that came behind and analyzed what they were finding and if we were meeting the goal of reducing that density and duplication. So, you know, we it was quite a thorough, it took us about four years. It was pretty extensive to bring these, these, this proposal up and these new standards. Yeah, this is, I mean, it really seems like it's a whole trend, a good trend toward, you know, in government in general, towards just more clarity and understand, you know, things are more understandable and, and, and useful. So I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, great. So obviously folks get out there, read it, give us some feedback. Um, but you know, now once you all receive the feedback and kind of cut that off, um, you know, is there a timeline? Like what happens next? How, how do you get to the final product? I want to laugh when you sent me those questions. So we can't ever really give a timeline, but I can tell you the steps. It's hard to kind of peg down how long it's going to take, but I can give you what the process is that we follow. So after we receive your comments, after the deadline, we review and analyze the comments and make recommendations to the board. We might say, oh, this 
this needs to be updated or they didn't like this or maybe we should do this and, and we present that to the board. That will be presented probably in February 2024. I'm expecting comments by the 7th of December. It's not enough time to get them ready for the December meeting. That's an earlier meeting because of the holidays. So we'll do that in February. And then the board will deliberate any changes that they agree with or want to make. And then staff updates and prepares the final for the board and it's you know approved by the board. And then it goes for a 90-day review by our FaceApp sponsor. So we are sponsored by OMB, GAO, and Treasury. And this is, they don't have to sign anything, but if we don't hear from them in 90 days, that means they basically agree with the proposal. And then we prepare the SBAS for publication. So the preparation between a proposal and an actual standard, you take out language about, you know, this would, and you take out all the proposal language, and then you make it it's written as if it's a real standard. And then that once all those steps are done, then the chairman will publish in the Federal Register, and it becomes, it will become a new chapter, a new SFAS chapter, and be on the website. And then, like the next year, around the fall, we put it into the, we update our current web um, handbook, and then it'll get put into the handbook. So, and, you know, I, I don't know that you all know the answer to this, but just kind of a a question that popped in my head about these standards, you know, how, how do you all like determine the, the dates that things are effective, right? Like this, like if, if this was done summer next year, would it be effective for that coming up the new fiscal year or the current fiscal year or the year after? I mean, how do those decisions made? I'm always, always been curious about that. That's a loaded question, Paul. So <laughs> if anybody's been following our leases and or our, <laughs> our land and um, it's, it's definitely contingent on, the agency. So MDNA, they, they're kind of waiting for this. And um, for this one, if it if we can get it out by just tentatively, like June of next year, don't know, because all these 90 days take time, um, they could be prepared for something like this for the next fiscal year. Otherwise, if when we saw with leases, there was a lot of system integration that needed to happen, they just weren't they just couldn't do it. So they will work, FaceAB will work with the agencies to try to determine, do they need a year or two? Is it a phase in? Um, so it just, it just depends on the complication and how technical. They're already doing MDNA, so it, this one might be able to come up pretty quick. But yeah. we also need to take into consideration our agency, you know, the agencies, because they're the ones that are going to do it. Yeah, I mean, just you know, off the cuff, it seems like it one that hopefully could be done sooner than later because this may be even simplifying simplifying things. We'll see. But, um, okay. Yeah, we, we would like, um, you know, again, my opinion, that that's what we're focusing on. And then what happens is once something comes up, if agencies need implementation or training, staff is available for that. And that's a lot of what's going on with our leases, which I'll talk about in a minute. And our land and P3 is there might be some technical guidance, um, technical bulletins, some other gap, lower level gap that, you know, they've asked for that we then have to provide and, and work with the board to get that out to to the preparers. So we're not just putting this out there and, and saying, thanks. No, we're, we're there to continue working with the preparers, the reporting entities to help them to, you know, uh, do this gap. And we continue to work with them. 
Got it. Um, okay, and once again, the comments are due by December 7th, so uh, folks that are interested, yeah. get out there. Um, all right, well, so I want to just one final question for you. Um, you know, what other what other big projects you all working on? What, what are some of the things that are, that are coming next? I know you've been on the podcast talking about climate, um, things like that. You know, just curious what standards and projects are coming in the, in the near future. Thanks. That's a great question. And staff was excited that we could talk about our current projects. So I'm going to give you an update on our active projects. Now, all of this information is in our website on faceapp.gov. We have an active project page and projects. You can go and look, and we update that after every meeting so you can see what has been accomplished. If we are not at a meeting, we now have a document that talks about non-agenda items, and that's in our briefing material in the front page. So I think that our communication and our, is very transparent and comprehensive about what we are doing at FaceApp. So I did this alphabetically, I think. So the first one is my other project that Paul talked about, which is the Climate-Related Financial Reporting Project. We're working on developing a climate-related financial disclosure framework. I'll be at the table. Hopefully, people hear this before the 18th, um, but next week, the 18th, and we are going over our project plan and our recommended approach. So we will see where that goes and how we will approach this project. Um, before that, FaceApp for this project, which is what, may, what might be in the other podcast, we published a non-authoritative staff paper titled Statements of Federal Financial Accounting Standards that may be relevant to climate-related financial reporting. Now, this catalogs existing standards, SFASs, that may be relevant to account for or report on the effects of climate-related events that have occurred and the potential effects of climate-related financial risks that may occur in the future. So if you've had a disaster and it's affected some of your PP&E, it tells you there where to go and what standard might help you in that accounting. Now, those standards do not specifically say climate. Some discuss natural disasters, but they are all relevant or could be relevant to your situation. I'm going to put a plug in here, and this is for any of the projects. If you are concerned or confused about any guidance that's out there in GAAP, please submit a technical inquiry. That's a tab on our website. And it's pretty extensive, but the more information you provide, the better help we can give you in the research. And most of the times that you have a scenario that maybe doesn't quite match what we've put in a standard, and so you're not quite sure how this would work. So we want you to fill that out, especially, you know, climate's coming up. There's a lot of agencies involved in the um, IRA and the, and the BIL and all the money that's coming out for grants and loans to for resilience and clean energy. If you're not sure how to do accounting and you're not finding what you want, please send in a technical inquiry. It also helps us to provide, to provide information to the board in case they need some guidance on where they need to go with some of these projects. So that's my pitch for technical inquiries. And of course, if you have any questions, you can contact me. I think Paul has my information. So the next project is commitments. This is a brand new project accounting for commitments, and it's being added right now as a research project. So that uh, you will see. The next one is intangible assets. It's been on the, on the technical agenda, I think, about a year, and it's focusing on guidance for cloud service arrangements, software, and that is at the 
tabled this board meeting. This is October 2023 board meeting. Now, for any project that you're interested in, please check our our agendas and our board information because if you want to, you can always listen in as an observer. We are now for the October meeting, people can come in and observe in person. So not all our meetings will be in person, but those that will, it looks like we're trying to now have hybrid meetings. So please check our agendas and see if, you know, what the requirement is to, to um, observe or come in and observe. Land implementation, we talked about this. So the land has been out there for a while, SFAS 59, but staff continues to assist reporting entities by providing technical advice concerning the implementation of our accounting and reporting of government land. This is what we were just talking about, Paul, where they've, you know, Dom Savini was the staff on SFAS 59, and then there was a lot of work that the agencies needed help with, so he, that's where that project is. The standard's out, but we are still continuing to work with agencies for implementation help. Leases, anybody that's involved in leases knows that this has um, been quite a hot topic, and that's Alan Perry, and he's been doing a lot of um, guidance and implementation for SFAS 54. And this is another one that's had, you know, discussion around when they need to implement because systems weren't quite where they needed to be. And I think they're working on one now where the date and where they're pushing back the date. So keep your eye on that if you're an agency that's involved in leases. Omnibus amendments. This is different than the one I talked about. So we do omnibuses when there's small little changes that need to happen in SFASs that are already published. And so the one I talked about was an omnibus to the concepts, SFAC to this one. Um, they've already received comment letters, they will be at the table and they will be providing recommendations if you wanna see what that process looks like. There, there's a small change to technical bulletin 2011-1 and then which is accounting for federal natural resources other than oil and gas. And then there's also a small change to SFAS. Well, I don't know, small as, as far as technical relevance, but it's, it's one change to the SFAS 49 public-private partnerships disclosure requirements. So those are two things that the board will be reviewing and determining if they will be changing those from the comments. Next project is public-private partnerships. We're developing guidance for implementing SFAS 49, which I just talked about. And so again, this is another one where we need guidance on this. And that was a disclosure requirement. So they haven't done anything with financial statement line items or anything, it was disclosures. So that one is a long process, you know, how, how we're moving forward with that. Now there's a lot of public-private partnerships that are coming up with the climate. So we'll see if that has any influence and, and when they decide to continue going on with um, anything past the disclosures. And last but not least, and this is going to be a biggie, is the re-examination of existing standards. I want to thank anybody who put comments on, on the ITC. That is a different way that we collect comments. It was pretty extensive. We're looking for what standards, existing standards, you want us to, you know, stakeholders want us to look at to assess the relevance and to identify opportunities to streamline authoritative guidance. So we are re-examining our entire portfolio of standards. And then as staff rolls off of certain projects, we will roll onto this project and we'll all have a hand in here, as, you know, looking at different pieces that need to be updated or consolidated 
or streamlined. So that that's going to be a, a big one that seems to be our focus probably moving forward. Again, my opinion, where um, we have a lot, a lot of standards out there. And now it's probably time to kind of look at the, the whole holistic picture of the handbook and see, you know, if, if it's all relevant and how it can be streamlined. And again, for the purpose of the preparer, the reporting entities that, you know, reducing their burden of reporting. And I think that's the update for your last question. All right. Yeah, you, you all are definitely busy. So that's good, <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, with, with 10 people on staff. Yeah, we were pretty small staff. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, yeah, that brings us to the end here. Any uh, final words you want to put out there? Maybe just uh, encourage folks again, check out that exposure draft, and where do they go? Right. So, again, we have the exposure draft on the MDNA, and it's, it's out there. It's on our website, and I think Paul's going to also put the link out there. And we would like comments through the online questionnaire by December 7th. If you have any questions about that questionnaire, please do not hesitate to reach out. There's also a number in the exposure draft and on the listserv as to how to ask a question about that. And we'll be happy to answer that to make it easy for you to respond. And just that, you know, we don't operate in a vacuum. We operate, we, we look at our agencies, the reporting entities as partners. We, we do a lot of outreach activity like this. We want to make sure that we're connected and that we know what your needs are so that we are helping to provide the proper financial reporting for the government, but also being aware of any burden or extra burden we are causing on the agencies because we don't want to, to do that either. All right. Well, with that, we're going to sign off here. So thanks again, Robin, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And this is Paul Marshall signing off for 